Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Reading of the scripture, May 9, 2021. The day there was a wedding and celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told them, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. This is a reading from John 2, chapter 1, verses 1 through and 3 and 5. This concludes the reading of Scripture on May 9th. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I really like it when Jim reads Scripture. Thanks, Michelle. (laughs) We had uh, Jim come join us over here because we had so many people in our worship band this morning that we don't have channels for our wireless mic. So that's a good problem to have, huh? It's great. Well, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I have a confession to make. Um, as a minister, and I've been doing this now, I guess, for three years, uh, Mother's Day is one that I, 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 I'm a little bit nervous about. I don't normally get nervous speaking in public. I'm glad I don't because I do it three, four, five times a week, it seems like. Um, but Mother's Day is one of those ones where I'm like, ooh, what do I speak on? What do I share on from God's word? One, I don't want to sit up here and offer a lot of advice because I'm not a mother, right? I, I also don't want to build up some biblical character that mothers are like, oh man, I can't live up to that, you know? And then I, I called my dear old mom, which was great to come see me today. I said, what would you like to hear on Mother's Day? She said, I would like to hear a good biblically based sermon. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, Mom. Um, but uh, I got to thinking about the mothers um, in Scripture. And obviously in Scripture, the most famous mother. Who's the most famous mother in Scripture? Mary. Mary. Mother Mary. You're exactly right. <laughs> and, um, and Mother Mary is... Uh, an interesting study, you know, because currently, you know, Mother Mary has a few different, uh, you know, ways that we as a culture can look at Mother Mary, right? Um, we have a couple different images of Mary. Obviously, our Catholic brothers and sisters, Mary is a big deal. Um, Mary is a really big deal. And what's so frustrating for me as a Protestant minister the, the, the Protestant sometimes, which is the other sibling, right, has been so frustrated at the, the, the Catholic brothers and sisters making so much of Mary. I feel sometimes we as Protestants have made too little of Mary. So I went to study about Mary. And one thing I want you mothers to understand about Mary as I've studied her is she experienced everything as a mother. I mean, she experienced everything. So we're going to kind of walk through the things um, that Mary experienced. We obviously know that she experienced miracles, right? And and we kind of often just think about the really cool things that happened to Mary. And obviously a miracle was one. 
this miracle is, is really, really obviously important because Messiah came to earth, but also you have to understand culturally, a couple things culturally. One, in the time of Mary, God had not spoken to his people through his prophets for 400 years. His people had not heard from him for 400 years. I don't know about you, but sometimes as, as an American Christian, I feel like God can be really silent. Right? I hear about God speaking in third world countries, or I hear sometimes God speaking to people in dreams or whatever. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes as a Protestant minister in New England, I'm like, uh, hello? I, I'd, I'd like some confirmation. I'd like to hear. Well, Mary found herself in the same exact culture. A culture that had not heard God's audible voice in 400 years. Where had God gone? He breaks the silence not to Mary. He breaks the silence to one of Mary's family members six months prior, Zacharias in the temple, when he was told the old man that you're going to have a son named John the Baptist. And the old man said, I'm not going to, I'm old. And the angel said, because of your doubt, you ain't going to be able to talk until he's born. And the wife, Elizabeth, said, Amen. <laughs> Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. And she was pregnant six months earlier than Mary from a divine intervention, from, a, from an angel. Now, it was with her husband, but it was divine intervention because they were so old. And so Elizabeth was pregnant. And then Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, Behold, you have found favor with God. You are highly favored with God. And that's something we as Protestants have to remember. Mary found absolute, unbelievable favor with the Heavenly Father, the God of the universe, came down and spoke to this 13-year-old. Yes, culturally, Mary was 13 years old-ish, maybe even 12, somewhere between 12 and 14. Mary was spoken to by Gabriel, right? Because in the Jewish tradition at that time, Mary, uh, Jewish Jewish. Gals would have been given off to be married in that 13 to 14 year old when they came of age. And it says in the Bible that Mary was betrothed to, to Joseph. Engaged. Engaged. So Mary experienced miracles. An angel showed up. Now one of the things that I didn't think about until I started studying Mary is that imagine an angel showed up to you and said, um, you have found favor with God. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will conceive the Messiah, the Son of God. And you will give birth, and you will call his name Emmanuel. You'll call his name Jesus. Now, if that happened to us, obviously that is insane. Because we're not waiting for a Messiah. That culture knew and was very thinking about this Messiah this baby boy that would bring the Jewish people back to freedom and out from underneath the oppression of the Roman rule. So what I didn't think about is it was one of those aspirations that a young woman would have in that time. Would I be the one? Could I be the mom? Now, think about this. They did not know that it was going to be immaculately conceived by the Holy Spirit. They thought it was going to be a line of a king. And that this boy would take over the, Drew the Roman government and set free the, the Jewish people again. And each mom was like, maybe it's my boy. Maybe it's my boy. So when Gabriel came and told Mary that she was going to give a birth to the Messiah, that was not a foreign concept. 
And you know what? That kind of news to the wrong person could have gone right to her head. And she could have broadcasted it on social media. I'm going to be the mom of the Messiah! But God knew what he was doing. He picked somebody humble. How do we know that Mary was humble? Her response. Her response was, I am the Lord's maid servant. The Jewish culture was a patriarchal culture where men had ownership of all things. And the females did not have ownership. And not only did you not have ownership, but if you were a maidservant, you were owned and owned twice over. And what Mary responded verbally was, I will be completely owned by you, God. I am 100% at your beck and call. I have no rights. And maybe you would say, well, I would say the same thing if Gabriel showed up. Would you? I don't really think Mary understood what she was signing up for. I don't think she did. One, she was engaged. And in that community and in that culture, when she was engaged and she was pregnant, and it was not Joseph's baby, her fiancé, in that culture, he had legal right to have her stoned to death. Let me say that again so that you it sinks in. In that culture, if the fiancé, who was a male went and said, this is not my baby, and she is not pregnant by me, and she's pregnant out of wedlock and adultery, that is punishable by stoning to death. So Joseph had to be humble too. He had to receive this information, right? I don't know if anyone's engaged in here, but I was engaged once. And if your fiancé came to you and be like, oh, the Holy Spirit came to me, and I'm pregnant with God's baby. I promise. Imagine being engaged and your fiance saying that to you. Like, okay, uh, one, I'm upset at you for adultery, but you're also a cuckoo, so I'm leaving. <laughs> this engagement is broken off. You're a wacko, right? But Joseph also had an angelic appearing to him. So he was tipped off by the Holy One at what was going on. But he too could have been like, I don't know, it must have been what I ate last night. I knew that lamb was a little bit off. I knew mom had it outside the fridge too long. Woo! I'm wacko, you're wacko, I'm out. You know, but he did it. He humbly submitted. And boy, Joseph, I think, sometimes even had a harder role than Mary. Anyone know what happened to Joseph? Nope. Anyone know what Joseph did? Nope. Joseph is like the low of the low characters in the Bible. We don't know. We just don't know. I'm excited to get to heaven and be like, hey, seen Joseph? I'm sure most people will be like, who? You know, Joseph? Uh, yeah, I think I saw him over there in the stable somewhere hanging out with the donkey. He still hasn't left the manger scene yet. Over there. It's the only place I find him in scripture is the manger scene. That's me. Anyway, so he was humble. But Mary was humble. But I don't think she knew what she was signing up for. So women, mothers, hear this. Mary did see a miracle. If you're a mother, you've seen a miracle. You can't give birth to a child and tell me that's not a miracle. Right? Miracle. So she experienced miracles. You experienced miracles. Mary ex experienced extreme scrutiny and shame and fear. So much so that she fled her town and went to be with her cousin Elizabeth. 
Have you experienced shame as a mother? Or scrutiny of your parenting or your mother? Or, 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 or you know, you got pregnant too early as a mother? Or you got pregnant too late? Or, you know, there's just all of these things that you can be stacked up and measured up against other people. Right? And social media makes that even bigger. So she did too. She was going to be scrutinized so much that she couldn't even stay in her hometown. She had to bounce and go hang out with Elizabeth. Why do you think she hung out with Elizabeth? Because Elizabeth was super old and pregnant, which was socially weird. And Mary wasn't married and pregnant, which was a social no-no. So she's like, ooh, my cousin Elizabeth. And they were both miracles. Right? Birth is miracle. But when you're Elizabeth's age, that's a real miracle. And when you're, you know, and when you're, um... When you're uh, Mary's age, that's a miracle as well. Um, and so she went to hang out with Elizabeth. She went to hang out with Elizabeth. And if you think it couldn't get any worse, the government oppressed her and said, you can't stay in your hometown for your birth. You can't be in your home hospital. You can't be in your home bed. You can't be in your hometown with your family. You need to go to, you know, because... Uh, in that day, they were doing a census where all the world was going to be taxed. She had to go to the hometown of Bethlehem. And if it was worse, they couldn't find a place to stay in Bethlehem. You think it's rugged, right? I know some folks that are eight months pregnant, and it doesn't look that much fun. It looks like, man, if I'm going to start charging this kid rent. It doesn't look comfortable. I know like when Heidi was eight, nine months pregnant, it didn't look comfortable, right? I've only experienced that on Thanksgiving at about 3 o'clock, right? But that goes for a whole two months for them. You think that's bad, now ride a donkey. A donkey. Yes, the Bartlett's have a donkey. You're going to share that, Eunice? Um, the Bartlett's have a donkey. And um, they, have you ever read one of the, wrote, did you ride that when you were pregnant? You should have tried to feel like what Mary really, oh, it's a mini donkey? It's not a donkey. It's a mule. I'm getting some lessons right now. There was a donkey. Okay. But anyway, that would have been interesting, right? But I'm sure, I've never been eight months pregnant. But if you can think back, Eunice, to when you were eight months pregnant, do you think riding that mini would have been any fun, Eunice? No. No, because she'd probably kick you before you Oh, the donkey would kick you. Anyway, Mary experienced discomfort. She was completely taken out of her norm, out of her comfort zone. Moms, do you experience discomfort? Taken out of your norm, out of your comfort zone? 100%, right? Yes? Kate's over there. She's like, yes. You're taken out. Mary understood that. Then Mary did experience the miracle where the shepherds came and, and confirmed to her that she was doing what was right. Right? And mothers, there is times, and today that's what we want to be. We want to be shepherds to you. We want to confirm to you that motherhood is a beautiful and divine calling. And sometimes in today's culture, mothers can kind of get put down for their calling. And that's not okay. Because motherhood is the most incredible calling there is. And it should be championed. And it should be celebrated. And it should be popular. And it should be awesome. Because there isn't one of us sitting here that, I know it might not have been the best mother, might have been an awesome mother. But there's not one of us sitting here that didn't have a mother. So you know what, culture, you can put down motherhood all you want, but you, there is no culture without motherhood. Any culture. So thank you, mothers. Now, Mary 
experienced that. And in that moment, there was a, just a beautiful moment. And the Bible says this. I love this phrase. Luke chapter 2. There's Mary. She couldn't find any room in Bethlehem. She's given birth in a barn behind a pub. Right? And the shepherds come and says, Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Or another translation, Mary treasured all these things or stored up all these things. And again, just like when Gabriel came to Mary, Mary didn't know what she was signing up for. When she gave birth to the Messiah in that stable in Bethlehem and she pondered all those things in her heart, she, would, she did also did not know what she was signing up for. For her world was about to flip over. I bet in her mind she thought, okay, we'll go do this census thing, we'll do this tax thing, and we'll head back to Nazareth, where it's comfortable, it's normal, I have family, I have friends, my normal routine, we'll go there. But did that happen? No. Why? Because King Herod came. And they fled to Egypt. Mary knows what it's like to be a refugee. She knows what it's like to be homeless. Folks, I'm going to say something right now. Mothers, I'm speaking to you and I want to challenge you. Safety has become your God. And in the name of safety of your child, you have made decisions that don't really necessarily make sense. Think about Mary. Was it safe? To flee to Egypt? Now I know they were trying to stay away from King Herod, but they could have gone home. But they were told to go to Egypt. She was homeless. We as parents have this inner thing like, I must provide for my child. I must provide. They must have a really puffy pillow, and they must have a mint on it, and they must have their back rubbed every night, and the same song read to them and everything. That's great. But do you think Mary could do that? In the midst of homelessness and, 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 and being a refugee, her norm was upside down. I'm sure she doubted. I'm sure as they were going to Egypt, fleeing in the night, and got to Egypt and had nowhere to stay, she looked up at heaven and said, uh, Am I missing something? You're the king of kings and the lord of lords. My Bible says that you own the cattle on the thousand hills. I'm homeless, and I'm running for my life. I must have missed something. But then it got a little bit better, and they moved back to, eat, to, move back to Israel, and she began to raise Jesus, her firstborn son. Now, we don't know if her other children came from Joseph or another man. We don't know, because like I said, Joseph's gone, disappeared, but she had other children. She had other children, most famously James, wrote the book of James. But the Bible is very clear that when the kids were growing up, there was a huge division in the household. The other kids did not like Jesus at all. Are you a mom with a house that's divided? Mary knows your pain. Mary hears you. She feels your pain. She understands that. Is, I, I think sometimes when I talk to mothers, that sometimes is the worst. Is a house that's divided. Mary understood that. And yet she still had to be in love with Jesus and raise these other kids. That's grace. 
Mary had grace. Mothers, there's a grace given to you by Jesus I know nothing about because I'm not a mom. God has a special grace for mothers that's absolutely incredible. And I think mothering a divided house is grace I don't know about. And then Jesus starts going on his missions. Now it maybe feels like for Mary, things are really happening. But he's not doing what she thinks he should do. And the culture, he's not doing what the Messiah should be doing. And he's doing some really weird things to the point where Mary thinks, and I'm sure she was convinced by her other children, Mom, Jesus is a nutcase. I know you think he's the Messiah, but he's a wacko. We've been telling you this all along. And she kind of bought into it. Because she shows up at a house in the New Testament and is like, ah, I think my son's got some mental issues. And then they stand outside the house and they're like, hey, can you tell Jesus that his mom and his brothers and sisters are out here? So the word gets into the house. And what does Jesus reply with? I have no brothers and sisters and mother other than these. Wow. It would have been completely, in my opinion, in her right to be like, you know what, God? Too high of a calling. Too crazy. I don't think it went the way you planned. I'm out. I'm out. Can you blame her? Would you blame Mary at that moment when Jesus denied her as his mother? Like, okay, that's enough. I, I'm, I'm out. I love the story that he read, that Jim read here in John. I can only imagine. This is 30 years. As a mother, do you ever wait patiently to see if this kid's actually going to be what you prayed for them to be? Let me say that again. As a mother, have you ever waited patiently as you pray, thinking this kid is not who I prayed for them to be? I'm waiting patiently. Mary understands you. She feels your pain. Because Mary was like, you say you're the Messiah, when are you going to do something? And you see it in what Jim read. They're at a wedding, and they run out of wine. That's so trivial in some regards. In some, if you're the owner of the house and the father of the bride, that's not trivial. In other words, it's trivial. And what I love about Mary is she pushes the Messiah. Only a mother can do that, by the way. I can see Jesus now being like, all right, everybody, only mom can push the Messiah. <laughs> but she did. I love it, because he says to her, hey, uh, that's not our problem. Mom, it's not my time. She doesn't say, oh, sweetie, it's okay, that's fine. You can maybe someday be who you say you're going to be. No, nope. she turns around and in full faith, in full faith, goes, do what he says, and walks off. I can see Jesus being like, oh, mom. <laughs> All right. Cab, Marlo. And then these awesome lines come out. That would be sweet. Anyway. But Mary has also experienced extreme grief. Just when Mary thought this was what it was, she had seen her son now heal the blind, heal the sick, heal the lame. She's now seen her son raise someone from the dead. We're getting somewhere. My prayers are being answered. My son is doing the ministry I always dreamed of him to do. And then it goes completely wrong. And the worst form of execution possible in that time, and really any time in the cultures of history, her baby boy is hung from a tree 
and insulted. And a crowd mocks and yells at him. One thing I learned in studying Mary, as far as we know in Scripture, Mary is the only human present at the birth of the Messiah and the death of the Messiah. That gives me goosebumps. That's pretty incredible. You don't think you have a high calling, Mom? A mom is the only one in history that was present at the birth of the Messiah and the death of the Messiah. If that's not a high calling in Scripture, I don't know what is. That's incredible to think about. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed, Mom, in, in this, this, this look at Mary. I have to admit, as a Protestant, I haven't really studied Mary. And I think it's not okay that we as Protestants sometimes skip over her. What a beautiful story. I hope that you're encouraged because Mary, the mother of Messiah, the highest calling on earth, was not even close to a cakewalk. To recap, homelessness, refugee, made fun of, shame, guilt, uncomfortableness. She saw miracles. She saw joy, but she had major grief. She worked through a home, probably a single mom. It doesn't really show, but we don't know. Single mom. And not only that, a house that was divided. Children that hated each other. And this was a calling from God. The greatest calling of all time. So if you're discouraged, Mom, man, it's not going the way I thought. Man, it's not going the way I planned. Be encouraged by Mary's story. If you're experiencing a miracle and the wonders and joy, relate to Mary because she had the same thing. But if you're experiencing really lows and frustrations, experience to Mary, she had the same thing. Jesus, we thank you for mothers. We thank you for your mother, Jesus, Mary, and that we can learn so much from her. We thank you for her humble nature. We thank you for her strength, her kind heart, her leadership. God, we thank you for her faith even to push you into miracles. That was just incredible. Thank you for allowing her to do that. Thank you for our mothers. Thank you for mothers here, online, and present. Thank you for Mother's Day. God, uh, just like the resurrection, may we not just celebrate it one day of year with candy. May we not just celebrate Mother's Day one day a year with brunch and a phone call. But that we would be truly thankful for our mothers and their love and their sacrifice raising us. So in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.